future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life. From Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hi, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour today. Uh, as you know, we're brought to you by 360karma.com. We actually just launched our new site, so be sure to visit. And next week, we are going to have on award-winning director, uh, Cello Alvarez Staley. She is amazing. She just did uh, a documentary called, um, oh, what is the name of it? This, uh, just remembered. Sands of Silence, and it's very important. There's, it's about speaking out about uh, sexual violence against women. So you won't want to miss that next week. We also are going to have the president of Galat Communications, Eden Galat. Uh, she's going to talk about uh, crisis PR. Boy, it's a good time for that, isn't it? <laughs> so uh, with that being said, uh, if you want to follow us on YouTube, you'll get them uh, our programs every week automatically. Or you could also follow us on your favorite podcast network, whether it is uh, iHeart, iTunes, Spreaker. You can follow Live, Love, Thrive on any of those. So thanks for tuning in today. We have an incredible show. We are going to later in the show speak with Rabbi Lori Shapiro, who is um, with the Open Temple in Venice, California. Going to be a great conversation, so stay tuned for that. But first up, we have best-selling author, world-renowned speaker, and relationship expert, who doesn't need that, Lisa Stedman. Please welcome Lisa. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Thank you so much, and congratulations on your website launch. Oh, thank you. Every Anybody who's launched a website knows the lab, la, labor of love that is. A lot of labor. Yeah, a lot of labor. <laughs> yeah. And thanks to my great team, uh, Dana and Carlos over at uh, Wicked Bionic. Nice. They're amazing. And uh, my wonderful um, assistants at uh, Perfect Assistant, they are, uh, Roz and Shannon are amazing. Yes. So, I mean, it does take a village to launch a great website. It takes yeah. a village for any of us to yeah. do anything anymore. I so know. I love your the people that I've spoken to on your team and just the people I've met today, your makeup artist and Roz. I know, my UBN team. team here yeah. at uh, Universal Broadcasting. They're amazing too. We've got Kurt on the board yeah. and Tony that runs this place. And uh, my, like you said, my amazing makeup artist, Michelle Brown, who I love. So yeah, it, it does. And it's so nice to surround yourself with... Um, just talented, yes. positive energy people. I love that. Uh, and Melissa Lilly, my marketing person. And it, the list goes on of the village it takes. But yeah. uh, I am grateful. Oh, I am grateful. so great. And I imagine with all that you're doing, you must have an incredible team <laughs> around you as well. I do. Yeah. Uh, I say teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. And the only way to make the dream work is to have those supportive players on your team because yeah. We do so much. We do so we're much. We're multi-passionate. Yeah. Yep. Um, we're writing, we're speaking, yep. we're, we're projecting our voice and sharing it and sharing other people. Yeah. And the only way to do that successfully is to have support because we're supporting so many people. Absolutely. Yeah. And I wanted to mention that we actually met at uh, some good friends, Kathy Painter and um, Kat Curry Williams yes. uh, event, which is called Women with a Purpose. Yes. And uh, that's where we met, which was wonderful. It was amazing. And I know yeah. you've had some of the speakers on your show. I have. It was I mean, so it was, great. It was I such loved a great that. Great conference, wasn't yeah. it? 
and uh, I'm actually teaming up with them on some upcoming events and of course have the Live Love Thrive conference in November which is similar it, it, it again it's like-minded women coming together yes. to lift each other up uh, we're in a time where this revolution is about women helping women like never before and I yeah. love that you said revolution because mm -hmm. it's the women who I really feel are rising up and rocking that revolution oh, yeah and being in sisterhood and partnership mm -hmm. rather than splintering and trying to do our own thing on our own right I'm so celebrating the the many faces and women who've come through your show um, and been part of your revolution yeah well I mean uh, definitely what's happened is lit a fire under women yes. uh, and, and that's a good thing. I think maybe we'd been a little complacent. We yeah. were comfortable. Yeah. Things were working for us. Yeah. And um, I actually saw Chelsea Handler interview Al Franken over the weekend, and she was saying that it was so comfortable for her prior right <laughs> that she has never been more politically active or more vocal about her yeah. passions and what she um, thinks is important she for is us. that <laughs> yeah and she's always been you know an entertainer but yeah. now it's become political and right. I do think when it was comfortable we kind of sat back and we're like somebody else has got it well you know and it can't be comfortable for some it's got to be comfortable for all yes and that's why we have to uh, help our sisters here in the US and around the world because yes. it's important that we empower all women right You're so right yeah. and it it's is gonna make global. the planet a better place anyway to have more <laughs> our women. planet needs it <laughs> yes at, 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 to have more women at decision-making yeah. table is going to make the world a better place so and true it does need it it absolutely does need it yeah whether it comes to peace or environment or whatever the future for our, the kids uh, it's important to have the women's uh, or the mother's uh, perspective mm, yes, at the, the table. feminine Mother perspective. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Yeah. So you are doing incredible work to help people have good relationships. That's and my intention. Yeah. <laughs> who, who doesn't want that? I, yeah. I know I am very uh, fortunate and grateful that I have a great relationship, and I want that for everybody. Me too. And, uh, you know, I love that that's the work you're doing because people uh, need the books you're writing. Yes. They need to the, hear the speaking that you're doing. Take the workshops you're doing if they're not in a great relationship. And even if they are. Because anybody can be. Yes. Yeah. This is what's so important is the work doesn't end when you meet True. your, perf it never your ends. perfectly yeah. imperfect partner. Yeah. It actually begins because then there's two perfectly imperfect people who are wonderful together it's how you grow together that yes. really defines that journey and that doesn't mean there's no work like my husband will be the first person to say people who say marriage is hard are getting it wrong and I'm like it's not that it's hard but you got to admit there's work and there's participation yeah um, and I think that getting right with you is the first step in that journey I heard a cute thing uh, when they interviewed uh, Tom Hanks. I was on some red carpet and they were interviewing him about his marriage because it's one of the oh, longest standing in marriage, Hollywood. Yes. Right. <laughs> of course, so we all wanted to hear what he had to say. And he said, it's not hard, but it's not easy. Yes. <laughs> and I thought that was a great explanation. <laughs> it's so true because life will throw you curveballs. Life is messy. Yeah, yeah. Um, schedules, kids, money. Right. Well, you might have curveballs. I don't have any, but. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. You need to write a book about the cur curveball free life. Yeah, there you go. There's a book. I like I wish, that. I wish. Uh, so what was the first book that you wrote and, and why? Yes. My first book was It's a Breakup, Not a Breakdown. Mm -hmm. And I, I like be that. 
Thank you. I needed it, so I wrote it. Because so many people do break up and do break down, right? Yes, so and you, that yeah. was what I had seen for myself. Mm -hmm. I had been talking to, to hundreds and thousands of women and men online mm -hmm. before there were blogs, and what I consistently heard was, this is the end, and my feeling was always, this is the beginning. Right, this is the beginning. And yeah. I wanted to show people, so when people say, I just went through a divorce or a breakup, I always say, congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. And it can throw people because they're like, yeah. nobody's ever said that to me. And I'm like, well, exactly. And this is the gift you've been given. Does it mean yeah. you have loss? Yes. Right. Does it mean they're shortcutting the grief process? No. Right. Does it mean that your future is still amazing? Absolutely. Right, right. Yeah. So instead of it being a finish, it's a new start. It is, mm -hmm. and it's an opportunity to learn more about yourself yep. and to take the things from your past relationships that you genuinely loved and say, I would like that again without the dot, dot, dot. Right. So whether the without is the money problems or the lack of communication or, you know, whatever the issues were, you can have the beautiful things again with somebody new without the baggage when you get clear about what worked and what didn't and how you participated. Well, let me ask you this, because I think our listeners might uh, uh, enjoy this part of the conversation of, of your advice. And that yes. is, uh, my partner always says you should have three lists. One, it says, um, this is what I absolutely must have in a person. Absolutely. Yes. And then there's the other uh, side of it that's, this is what I absolutely cannot have. Yes. You know, drug addiction, yes. whatever. Totally And agree. then there's that middle one that, this is what I would like. This would be nice, but it's not a must. Yeah. And I think people forget that middle list. <laughs> and they're so set in their ways. I want a person that looks like this, this and tall, acts like drives this. And this. Yeah. yeah. And they don't realize it might not come in the exact package yes. that they envisioned. But if they get everything that they need. That's a blessing. Some of what they want. <laughs> And, and all of what they don't want, well, that's pretty good. Yes. Yeah. So I would say that final list that you talked about, because I love the three lists, rip that list up. Make it because it's important for you. Yeah. But that third list, rip it up because there will be things that you and will get. And which one is that? The, the one that's like, I would like, but it's okay. Like, you, yeah. everybody needs their requirements. Like, right. I can't be with a drug user. I can't right. be with someone who's financially messy. Right. Um, I can't be with someone who's cruel. Right. You know, those are things I can, but some non some negotiables for me are um, I, you know, what you do for a living or, or some of those other things. Right. But that list that says they have to be this tall, drive this kind of car, have this in the bank, yeah. um, bring me flowers every Friday or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. That to me is the list that you make because it's fun and playful, but then rip it up. And yeah. the list that I recommend making is yeah. how do I want to feel every day in this relationship? I love that. Yeah. And so it's, I want to feel supported. I want to feel loved. I want to feel heard. I want to feel appreciated. I want to feel understood. Right. So I, don't be in a box with what the package looks the like. The package will never, yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. you'll get the movie star, you yeah. know, maybe you'll get Brad Pitt, but yeah. you know, even Brad Pitt, we can see, has some issues. Yeah, I'll So <laughs> let's be real about how you want that person to make you feel. Right. I had written a story when I was writing uh, my breakup blog in the beginning about um, some of my pet peeves, and one was a guy who couldn't spell because I'm a writer. Yeah. Well, my husband's a horrible speller. Thank God for spell check. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew how I wanted love to feel at that right. point. I got really clear that I'd been attracting love that didn't feel good yeah. because I thought that was 
the deal. You like, know what? That was a, that's a great example you just gave. Because oh. I think there are people that would say, oh, you, you know, somebody that, that can't spell, I, I can't be with that. And that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, does do they make you feel loved? Do they make you yes. feel happy? That's more important than yes. anything. And yeah. this is why the feeling list is so right. important. And it's not just a list you put on paper. I recommend that once you've made that list on paper, you then start to speak it out loud every day. Right. So that it's a vibration that you're living in. Love, and not I want love to feel, but love is amazing. Yeah. Love appreciates me. Love understands me. And I have a funny aside about the spelling thing. Um, my niece, who my husband and I have on the weekends, is six. She's learning how to read. So when we're, whenever we're somewhere and we're waiting, we play hangman. Now she's still learning how to spell. My husband has no excuses. So <laughs> we were playing hangman one day and I was playing with two people who don't know how to spell. And as a word nerd, I was like, I love you guys so much right now. Like, you guys really can't play hangman, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. It was still a fun experience. As long and I felt you can so find loved. the humor in it. Oh, it was great. Yeah. 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 They say you don't remember even what people say, you remember how they make you feel. Yes. That's and so that's everything. what you're saying. Everything is how you make someone feel. You know, um, uh, I, I often tell my friends that are out there looking for somebody that don't, it's like going to the grocery store without a list. You pick up <laughs> things you don't need. <laughs> right? And those could be some costly mistakes. Exactly. Exactly. You always pick up the things you, you don't need. Uh, but it's like also too, like shopping for a house. Like if you want to buy a house but you don't know how many bedrooms and bathrooms it has or what location it is or what view it has, then how can you find the house? Yes. So I love that you have people do the workshop and the books and, you know, to, to get a clear picture because in order to manifest what it is mm. you want, you do have to know what it is that you require and really listen to your insides. Like what yes. makes you happy? Even down to, I always say little things like, um, even this is going to sound silly, but like, wanting to go to bed at the same time like I, a, <laughs> I don't know I don't know that was important to me or do you guys the go wanting to bed at the, the same wanting, time yeah we do oh that's and, amazing I know we don't okay. and I'm actually okay with that I like the and quiet then, of <laughs> and, and that's and that's see and that works for yes. you yes so everybody's different in that or that the room be the same temperature oh yes you know? that's a big one covers on or off I mean some yeah. of those are big because how yeah. you sleep can affect how you feel during the day. Right, 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 right. And back to the house, I think that's such a great analogy. When I bought my condo, um, it wasn't in my first choice area, but I walked in and I was like, this feels like home. That is so true. When people go to yeah. look to rent or buy a place, it actually is a feeling you yes. get like, oh, I'm home. Yes, and even now when I go visit my tenants, because I now rent it mm -hmm. out, I'm like, it still feels like home. I'm so happy it's your home, but it feels, isn't yeah. that amazing? Yeah, it's a feeling. Yeah. 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 You have to feel at home and feel at home with the person that you're with. Yes. And yeah. this is what I think so, where I think so many people get it wrong because right. we have gotten often accustomed to the challenge and the hard and the difficult that we don't often give ourselves permission that it can be. We we're allowed to feel comfortable with somebody. Right. We're allowed to feel safe and secure. And our relationship, we're allowed to have a relationship where we can be the best version of ourselves. Right. right. It let me doesn't ask, have to be another way. Let me ask you about this. Uh, since you're the expert, I want <laughs> to I want to give my listeners some great advice. But this is advice my mom gave me, OK? Yes, this is okay. free. <laughs> I love this. Um, but she didn't give me much advice about relationships except one thing, and it actually was such a golden nugget for me. Ooh. And that was uh, the most important thing is compatibility. 
And I mean, I don't know if you even adhere to this, but I do. I think uh, if two people are compatibility, oh, it could mean so many different things. I'm so curious. Absolutely. So, where do you feel like the compatibility is most important? uh, Just that we like to do the same things, that we enjoy the same activities. I think that's important. That is a big deal. And people will say, oh, well, then you find someone else who likes to do it, and that may very well be, but I like having that compatibility with my partner. Yes. You know, if you both like to dance. Yes. Like, I like to dance. I've been in a relationship where the other person didn't like to dance, and then you end up not doing something that you love. Yeah. Yeah. I love to travel, and my last boyfriend was super tall and Mm -hmm. would complain about airplane seats. Yeah. And I thought, this isn't fun. Yeah. And now I'm I'm with a man who loves to travel, who like our favorite thing to do is get into a new city and wander. That that's just what together. I mean. Together. Because yes. you're compatible. Yes. I will tell you the advice my mother gave me that was not so great. <laughs> I Please still do. remember this. I and, can't wait to hear and it. It's a cautionary tale. So <laughs> I remember in theaters when I was a child, she yeah. took me to see the movie Grease. Yeah. And if you remember at the end of the movie, Sandy changed for Danny. Yeah. We stood up and started walking out of the theater. My mother said in real life he'd change for her oh how do you think that messed with this little mind oh. for you know a good 20 years of dating oh, right, i was like right, i right. can change him i can change him i can change him uh, <laughs> i learned i couldn't <laughs> and we're gonna blame it on greece <laughs> you know i love that movie it's one of my favorite movies but i was like in my mother's mind that was true yeah in my perspective in yeah. my experience that was never true right in that generation that was yes true. yeah yeah so yeah. i well, finally all decided those things we had to unlearn i know and i finally and i say this to women all the time choose a man who you appreciate or a woman whoever it is choose a partner who you're okay with as they are Oh, totally. I yeah. agree. I agree with you. You have to love people the way they are. Yeah, not that they're and, never going to change. And, um, but that's the compatibility part. Really enjoy them the way they yes. are. Yes. Right. It's the quirks that make people so special oh, totally. and unique and lovable, I think. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Not that we have any quirks. But. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh I, I find it interesting. You you actually grew up in Montana, right? But, I but all did. O- but traveled all over the world. Yes. Yeah. I don't do snow, so being born yeah. in Montana was very unfortunate. But I was fortunate yeah. that my parents were international teachers, and so yeah. we lived all over the world. And I don't know how else on a teacher's salary a family of four could see the world. So right. I am so grateful for that experience. And you went to Australia and Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Wow. Yeah, we went everywhere. We specifically lived in Australia and Saudi mm-hmm. Arabia. Um, but we were fortunate that when we were in Saudi Arabia, the company my parents worked for would pay us to leave the country in the summer wow. because they knew Americans with nothing to do might get in trouble in a very strict country. Right. And so we were able to really plot our own course. Right. And, I and think go that's wherever. what they're going to start doing, paying people to leave the country. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> you know, I might volunteer for well, that. Yeah, exactly. Sign me up. Sign me up. <laughs> so uh, you traveled the world. How did yeah. that impact who you are today. I think it's always fascinating because a lot of people have not traveled internationally. It really is a great opportunity for you to see other cultures and experience them. How does that, what, what does that experience bring to the table for you to, uh, in your relationship expert speaking and training? It's a blessing. Mm -hmm. I, I, the interesting thing is after we did all of that traveling, we ended up back in Montana and you can't go from homogenous to multicultural to homogenous it it was yeah. such a mind melt like mind f excuse yes, me yes um 
And I realized that I needed other culture. Mm -hmm. So in my work with people around the world, I have clients all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, I literally thought when I was trying to meet my husband or when I was looking for yeah. a, somebody who was going to be my partner, I was like, well, he speak English, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I love culture. Culture is so important yeah. to me. Yeah, me too. I, that's why I'm a city girl. Yes. Yeah. I because like you can mix. have that blend. And we live yeah. in Los Angeles, which is such a multicultural city. I love it. So it affected me both personally and professionally. I want to be surrounded by culture. And I want people to un embrace and understand each other's cultures. Right, right. So it opened your mind and your heart it did. up. And, yeah, made yeah. you a different person. I don't know who I'd be, and I'm yeah. so glad I'm this version. With all those experiences you had, what does it bring to the table when you're helping people with relationships? Compassion. <laughs> Oh, that's a big one. It's huge. Yeah. We all come, we were all raised with a certain set of ideals and beliefs and stories. Mm -hmm. And some of those stories need to be rewritten. Right. But it's not to take away from those cultural ideologies that are really valuable to you. Right. So when I'm talking to women or men and talking about what's really important to them, it's important to address the cultural aspects and say, if you meet someone who's another religion, let's say, or another race or ethnicity, how how will that affect how you feel about your relationship? How yeah. will that affect your family? Yeah. Could um, it uh, affect their compatibility? Yeah. My, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. It, it depends can. on the people. My, yeah. my husband's um, mother's Guatemalan. He's, you know, he's first generation here. Um, and, and that's important to me to honor his background as well as my own. And, and we, we really cherish being what we call citizens of the world, mm -hmm. you know, because we feel at home wherever we go because we have that passion for exploring other, other kinds of cultures and food. And, and you have a book called How to Find Your Husband, right? I do. So what, what's your story there? How did you find your husband? I found my husband at a bar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I tell in the book How to Meet Your Husband, I say to women specifically, um, take the blinders and beliefs off about where you think you're going to meet your perfect person who's imperfect, yeah. number one. And number two, get off technology. Really? So you can use technology, but don't rely on technology. Right. Like I think, I think social, social media is great. I think dating apps are great. Don't rely on them to the point that you're walking around your life like this because somebody amazing could be right here and you're not even paying and, attention. Yeah, that's a problem with our culture right now with the technology. It's a challenge. We're not always present. And you're right. You can meet that person. Present. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's sad, isn't it? Oh yes. gosh, it's the culture has changed so much just in our lifetime oh, in the last amazing. ten years. Really. Yes. Uh, I know. We do have to unplug and connect and. And look in each other's eyes. Nothing replaces yeah. this. We can go on Facebook right. and catch up with people, but nothing replaces the energy exchange, totally. the face-to-face, the smile-to-smile. -face, -smile. Yeah. So I'm a big believer in use those dating apps, yeah. use those things. Yeah. Also walk around in life and make eye contact. Right. But you know, that's why I don't Skype in my uh, interviews. I always Ooh. have them in person because I, I believe that. what you're saying. There's a in-person energy that you can't feel over technology. And... Uh, you can't I'm, fake it. Yeah, I, I always say the joy is in the present. Ooh. Yeah, I, Ooh, I, I believe that. that. Yeah, <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And so the more present we would be, the more ha happy we'd be. And the happier we are, the more likely we are to be a magnet to that right person that's for us. Um, like attracts like, and that includes our energy. Yeah. yeah. At com, people can find your books and your yes. uh, workshops. Books, workshops, yeah. blogs, social media, all of it. 
So if someone is wanting to get into a healthy relationship, they could reach out to you and connect uh, to get into your program mm -hmm. to figure out what they're doing wrong, what they're doing right, and how they can actually manifest that ideal partner. Yeah, and yeah. I love what you said because we are doing so much right. So I always want to point people into the positive first because yes, there are things we can change. Mm -hmm. Let's really celebrate what's working. Right. You know, let's celebrate the parts and pieces of you that are already fully expressed and really um, genuinely open and available. And then let's work on those other pieces. Isn't it always interesting that uh, sometimes the most successful people are the ones that struggled the most with the relationship part of their life. Uh, it, it's interesting, and I don't know what that is, and I'm sure that's a whole another Oprah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that's a whole another show, but um, I don't know if there's any simple explanation for that. But Well, my sense is that we would much rather learn and follow and be inspired by someone who's been through the fire and knows what it's like to be burned than someone who sits on the sidelines and goes, that might be hot. I don't know what you mean by that. Like, well, I mean, I would rather learn and be inspired by someone, and I think success comes from trial and error. Oh, So yes. if you've been in a million relationships and you think, it's me, I suck, I'm a failure, it's actually not. That's not, that's a story. Oh. So what if we change the story to, you got, you got in it, you got messy, you got dirty, and you got burned, and now we're rising from the ashes, and what did you learn? And then from all those things, all those mistakes we've made, it helps us to know what we don't want and hopefully yes. by our age you know or my age uh, look at what it is you do want yes and then don't settle I always yes. say that don't settle you know people step into the wrong thing and then they stay and it's like no 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 life is short don't waste your time <laughs> and the minute you go oh this is not a lifelong thing let me move on and find the yes. right person and that and, comes and somewhere from, inside ourselves we know we do I yeah. always knew when I was in the wrong relationship I yeah. always knew yeah, I but I was like normally do. I'm gonna keep going this way even though I know yeah and the, the other thing you said that I think is so important is um, know what you do want because if we walk around going I don't want I don't want I don't want yeah, we're gonna be reminded of oh here but yeah. here's more of what I don't want yeah. rather than oh I do want that and look what just showed up yeah yeah well I'm a firm believer in that and I love what you're doing thank you so keep helping I love people. what you're doing thank you <laughs> keep helping people find the right relationship and uh, it's a beautiful thing to, to do. I can only imagine the reward in that when people do find the right person. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and more important to me than that is who they find in themselves along the way. I love that. Yeah. Lisa Stedman, thank you. Thank that you. would be lisastedman.com. And we will be right back with Rabbi Lori. Thank you for tuning in to the Live, Love, Thrive show, where we bring you powerful and positive programming about women and those who support women's empowerment. It seems by sharing their stories and showing us their talent and potential, they remind us of our own. We ask you to join us weekly by taking a minute to subscribe to our 360 Karma YouTube channel so you get to see every episode of these uplifting and inspiring stories. We all need more of this, yes? And did you know we have the Live Love Thrive book on our 360 Karma website and on Amazon? If you enjoy reading books of incredible women who are doing amazing work in the world, you will want to pick up a copy. Also, when you join 360karma.com, you will enjoy our growing video content of expert advice and support, and learn about our workshops and our second annual Women's Conference in West Hollywood, November 3rd and 4th of this year. 
If you would like to align with a like-minded, purpose-driven community, you will feel at home at 360karma.com. We encourage and support you to live the life you love. RTB Financial Group empowers women to raise the bar and take control of their financial future. For more information, visit rtbfinancialgroup.com or call Amanda Barr at 424-284-4216. The Live Love Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. And we are back with Rabbi Lori Shapiro. Hello, Lori. Hi, Catherine. How you doing? Really great. Great, great. Uh, I want to mention that you have a place called the Open Temple in yes. Venice, California, which yes. is a very hip area here in Los Angeles. And uh, and your place is a very hip place to worship, right? It's out there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> For the Jewishly curious and those who yeah. love us. What I find so interesting is you were telling me in your background that... Uh, you know, uh, you come from a family where uh, it was like an inner, inner, uh, a multicultural background. I'd say interfaith. In, in interfaith, yeah. The greater ancestral constellation. Yeah, Jewish and uh, Catholic, was it? Catholic, Lutheran. Right, in yeah. your grandparents. And so because of that, uh, there wasn't a lot of Jewish tradition. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, so that all right there is very odd that you became a rabbi, right? Hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. Perhaps. So how did you um, discover your Jewish, uh, your your attraction to wanting to be a rabbi and, and to study the Jewish faith since you came from a family that really didn't practice it? I think yeah. that's really the story of 21st century Jews. Mm -hmm. Because we're at a time where so many of us come from miscegenation, intermarriage, um, lack of affiliation. Mm -hmm. And so it comes from me from growing up in this incredibly Jewish town mm -hmm. where like Shabbat passed by the door every Friday night waiting for me to join her oh. and I would see people walking I was in the five towns of Long Island and I would see people walking to young Israel of Woodmere this very orthodox synagogue yeah and even if it was a blizzard <laughs> they'd walk to shul wow. and we had no ritual in our lives whatsoever. So you were witnessing it. You I was just witnessing participating it. In and, it. And we had we had nothing. Right. So did you ask your parents, you know, if we're Jewish and these people are practicing this, how come we don't? I mean, were you curious? Kid? No, no, no. And ironically, I did go to Hebrew school, full disclosure. I went to Hebrew school one year because my carpool did. And, um, and after a year, I said, I want to take TAP. And that's what I did instead because that's what the yeah. education was kind of seen as, like it was an after-school activity. Oh. So there was never any fluidity. And when I was of the bar mitzvah year, I would go to all these bar and bat mitzvahs and I would remember I would, I would stay in the bathroom and yeah. I would like kind of wait for whatever was happening in there to end. Yeah. And I had no interest. And the irony to now is I say, you know, there used to be nothing Jewish about me except my nose. <laughs> and today I say there's everything Jewish about me except my nose. I, I <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. and, and so the transformation really came about, I think, in its earliest incarnation. When I was, when I was 12, I picked up a book in sustained silent reading in seventh grade. Wow. And I never knew the significance of it except today as a 45-year-old woman. Yeah. I read The Chosen. And I remember weeping and reading about Danny and, and reading about his journey and saying like, 
how could I ever be like Danny and Reuven? Mm -hmm. How could I ever know this when I don't even know what Judaism is? So for the listeners, that was a book uh, that was a story By of Heim Judaism. Potok, yeah, uh -huh. about a, uh, two boys who were friends in a Orthodox realm. And so I remember there was a longing, but that didn't revisit me for another 10 years mm -hmm. when I, after college, I, in my teen years, I lived in India for a bit. So I was kind of touched mm -hmm. by a spiritual awakening through the things I experienced there. So, but as a kid, you were a, a, an actor and a dancer. Yes. And, yeah. You, you so did, I knew of ritual through theater. Yeah. Now, that was in New York that you did the yes. uh, acting? Yeah. And singing? Too? And singing. And yeah. singing, dancing? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The whole thing. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could see you doing that. Okay. And, and so was that fun? It was a wonderful way to grow up. Yeah. 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 So that was your childhood. Yes. Uh, and, and being in New York, was that because you were near Broadway and yeah. did, did you want to do that? And I, It was an aspiration at yeah. one point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love New York. I yeah. moved here from New York. I'm not from New York, but I, I just love Broadway. In fact, we're going next month to see Bette Midler and Hello, Dolly. And mm -hmm. I'm just a huge Broadway fan. I mean, I could see that being a, a, a wonderful dream. So at what point did you say, okay, I don't want to do acting, singing, and dancing as an actual career. I remember the moment. You remember? Yes. Okay. I was, um, I was actually a theater major at NYU, and I was in Romeo wow. and Juliet. Yeah, and I was at Tisch, and I, that summer, the summer before Romeo and Juliet, when we were in rehearsals, I was walking to work one day, and I heard a voice in my head saying, you're going to transfer to Columbia. And I was like, what? Columbia University, because yeah. I knew I wasn't, it wasn't working. I, I felt like the industry was, was a place that didn't have values and didn't match the values upon which I love life. Mm -hmm. I felt like it, it was a place with a lot of, um, a lot of darkness and a lot of shadow. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't happy doing it. And right. I had to figure out where my joy really was. Right. It's good and, that you could tap into that yeah. and say, oh, this isn't making me happy. Maybe it's not my calling. Yeah. So yeah. I went to work and I told my boss I have to call Columbia because I'm transferring. And she said, you got in? I said, I haven't applied yet. Oh, my god. And I applied and I went up and I actually went to Barnard because I, I really was attracted to women's college and women's education. And there I just studied everything. I was a lit major, but I studied everything um, so at this point you still didn't know what you nope. wanted to be doing no but i knew it wasn't theater knew, because i just right. knew like you know it wasn't about like i was i'm someone who wakes up early in the morning and is on the beach or running or doing something that mm -hmm. you know or prayer and that world just wasn't it wasn't, wasn't kind filling your soul to it, no and people yeah. weren't kind that was yeah. it i feel like the world there's so much yeah. going on yeah and i yeah. think there are good people in that industry mm -hmm. it's just a matter of but the industry itself as a culture the is values not, not are, deep yeah. and yeah, fulfilling and yeah, oh. I could see that. Wasn't a choice for well, me, but I had to figure out what I loved about it, and right. what I loved about it was ritual. Right. That's what that's what kept me in oh, it. Oh, interesting. And so you wanted to say, oh, what could I be doing that would be ritualistic? Yeah. Yeah. Like Peter Brooks, The Empty Space, a beautiful book about theater, mm -hmm. and like filling theater with live ritual moments right. is what attracted me to theater in the first place. Yeah. And so as I kind of deepen my thought and reflections. It started then with a journey after college going around the world. And because I had at one point studied meditation, I was studying transcendental meditation again in Spain. Oh. And I was working my way back to India. And while I was meditating this time, I was like in Spain, I'm like, why do I keep seeing Hasidic men with like payas? You know, I was like, what's with that? Yeah. And the woman who was kind of mentoring me said, well, what do you make of that? I said, actually, I'm Jewish, but I know nothing about it. Yeah. And she said, maybe you need to know something about it. And so within six or eight weeks, I went backpacking through uh, like 
Italy and Greece, taking boats and ships through the islands in Cyprus, and I landed in Haifa. And I was going to go to a kibbutz to learn about Judaism because I had no idea what they were. Yeah. I didn't know they were secular. Yeah. So I went down to a kibbutz and we switched buses um, in Jerusalem. And a young girl came to me like proselytizing, come to Heritage House, which is a very orthodox way of doing Judaism. And I said, no, I can't. I'm going to kibbutz to learn about Judaism. Anyway, I went to kibbutz and saw that it wasn't for me. And within 24 hours, I came back. Oh. to Heritage House and spent a night there and went to the Kotel, the wall. And this is in Israel. In Jerusalem. Right. It's like Mamesh in Israel. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in all these travels and in meditating, uh -huh. you kind of came to realize this was a calling. I think when we take a space for reflective truth, mm -hmm. we live in a very extroverted, exhausted society. Mm -hmm. And I really think there's something about a quescent moment to draw ourselves in and hear the still small voice. I totally agree. I, we meditate in the mornings and I feel like it's in the quiet of that that you get your downloads of what you're meant to be doing in life, mm -hmm. what your calling is, what your purpose is here. And anybody who's not meditating, they're missing out on all the chatter in life that's uh, keeping them from hearing those downloads. And so I, I think, think meditation... I think there are many processes. I think yeah. um, meditation is one. Yeah. I think that are there are others? other contemplative traditions that yeah. people can do walking. People can do yeah. um, Musar tradition, which is a great way of looking at our core values or, or the qualities of who we are and how mm -hmm. we can kind of create a more godly-like self, God right. with a lower G. Not <laughs> sure what God with a big G means. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, and, and for those that listening that might not know, so you were studying in an orthodox environment? I did. I ended up um, yeah. from there very swiftly getting to Safat, and I spent... And let's tell people what dif the difference is with orthodox uh, as opposed to... Yeah, well, Judaism, yeah. you know, we live in a very kind of square time, this early 21st century, where yeah. people are very literal in their, um, in their kind of... Uh, separating out what people are are yeah. so we we say there's denominational judaism like yeah. there are orthodox conservative reform yeah. but right. i truly consider jewish denominationalism a 19th century jewish innovation mm -hmm. i think we're all jews who are jews and yeah. there, it cast a very wide net yeah and i think that this 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 kind of like um uh, separation is what what creates division and divisiveness mm -hmm. so orthodoxy just by a literal translation of the world, it's it's like a it's a, a practice of of a, kind of a vertical practice. You're told this is what you should do, and so and so mm -hmm. you do that practice as if there is a single way to be mm -hmm. Jewish. And as we know, as we read any of the Jewish wisdom texts, whether it's the Bible or the Talmud or any rabbinic text, mm -hmm. that we always preserve the minority opinion. Mm -hmm. So if we're always preserving a minority opinion, why would there only be one way of doing things? Right. So I think that there's a lot to be said in, in Jewish wisdom about how we should be mm -hmm. looking at what any religion is today. So your open temple kind of opens the borders yes. to yeah. say, this is for all Jews yeah. and all people that want to be uh, to learn about Judaism, yeah, it, it's kind of open to everyone. Yeah, it's saying that's yeah, why it's exactly, called open temple. Exactly, it's right. saying this is an ancient wisdom, and yeah. we live in a time, you know, where 
post-colonization of the East, mm -hmm. we kind of fetishized Eastern wisdom. When so much of Eastern wisdom was being presented in a way in the early 20th century mm -hmm. to tell the Indian man, you have dignity in a mm -hmm. colonized society. Mm -hmm. But they created these great pamphlets and these great ways of saying, here is what is wise, that we kind of fetishize it and we're like, oh, Eastern traditions, right. they've got the wisdom. Right. But the truth is they were just packaging it to, to build up a people who are being oppressed. Right. And when we look at Judaism or any tradition, because all of these traditions are wisdom traditions, right. they all are really saying the same things. Yeah. And for some reason, post-Holocaust or, um, I don't know, Jewish self-hatred or uh, anti-Semitism, so many people discount the beauty of the wisdom of what is the oldest Western tradition that has continuously been observed, which is Judaism. And within it are these nougats of light yeah. that are just breathless. Yeah, I have found that in uh, just through my partner in learning about Judaism, uh, just how it has, it creates in the people such uh, good values mm -hmm. of giving back and helping people. And that's really what it's all about mm -hmm. uh, to me and in my interpretation. And, um, you know, I, I do hate the way the world has become so secular in that there's Judaism and there's Catholicism and there's, you know, Muslims and all this, but when we're all one people and there's one basic thing that we all believe in and that is love and kindness and the values of helping each other. And, and so if you look at the core value of any of the religions, that's what they're based on, mm -hmm. not exactly what all the people practice, I think. But I love that um, you're kind of bringing Judaism into the 21st century with mm. your open temple. For sure. <laughs> so I think that's really cool and cutting edge. And Thank you. I like that. Thank you. So, um, and I love that if people want to learn about Judaism, the great place to go would be open temple. Yes, and, and, you, and Venice is really in a yeah. renaissance in so many ways. People get very down, oh, Venice, it's losing its artsy weirdness. And I say there's nothing as artsy and weird in the 21st century as digital internet media. Like, yeah. that's really out there. Mm -hmm. And so all of these young digital artists are coming out, whether they're creating an app, whether they're creating a startup. Mm -hmm. And to me, the energy and the creativity around these young people is just stunning. Mm -hmm. And... It also happens that the second largest city of where young Jews are moving to is Los Angeles, and I argue so many of them are moving to Venice. Mm -hmm. So we have this this really renaissance of, of Judaism, and Venice has a rich history of That's Jews great. with Number Our Days, a documentary yeah. film in 1977 that won uh -huh. um, about the Israel Levin Center. So here we are 40 years later uh, revitalizing Jewish life and what was a vital Jewish community. And I think it's great that you're making it like hip and today so that yeah. uh, young people are attracted to yeah, it. Yeah, it's totally out uh, there. Because um, how many Jews are left in the world? About 15 million? It depends million how you, like yeah, that? it depends how you count. Yeah, so, yeah and so it is there. so important mm -hmm. that uh, th that if you're Jewish that you are teaching the traditions to the young people mm -hmm. in a way that feels hip in today so that they want to continue it. Mm -hmm. Because uh, it, it is something that is, it's and narrowing I'm, the number of people and, and it's so important for that tradition to be carried on, but it's gotta be presented in a way that's appealing to the young people yes. to carry it on. And Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. I actually love that you said it. Because yeah. when you look at Judaism through a civilization lens, mm -hmm. Judaism has always been taught in a way that was hip and today. Yeah. 
whatever era you're in, you know, yeah. if it's the Kalam influence from the medieval times in the Muslim world, mm -hmm. you know, we used that methodology within Judaism. If mm -hmm. it was the idea of the Greeks and what was happening in Greek philosophy, you know, and Maimonides bringing that into the fold. So there were, there were always um, counterpoint to what was going on in the greater world. That's, that's great. Yeah. I didn't know that. But, um, uh, <laughs> all, but it took you 13 years to become a rabbi, yes, right? Yes, are, are there a lot of female rabbis today? There are, there are about, I'd say roughly somewhere between five and 600, perhaps. Sorry out if of, I'm off. Out of how many? Um, out of how many rabbis? Yeah. I don't know. Everyone in Israel and their cousins yeah. are rabbis. Yeah. So I'd say there are a lot of guys. Yeah. 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 yeah several so it's thousand a small for percentage. Sure. Yes, for small sure. Percentage. The, first, the first rabbi was ordained Regina Jonas in, uh, in Germany in the 1930s, and she unfortunately died in the Holocaust. And then oh, wow. in America, it was um, 1972, Sally Precinct in the Reform Movement. And then um, in 73, I believe, the Reconstructionists followed. And then in 85, it was Amy Alberg in, in the conservative movement. Yeah. Wow. And today we even have Orthodox rabbis. What do you like women. most about being a rabbi? I think it's just the, the incredible um, diversity of what I get to do, mm -hmm. whether it's aesthetic, whether it's a front row seat in someone who's in a time of real need, mm -hmm. um, death and dying. Or if it's a time of real joy, a wedding, um, baby being, naming. Baby I was naming, at one of those yeah. recently. But yeah. the rituals themselves—it's yeah. you know theater again. If we go back to that theme, yeah. is about you know bringing people to life through a ritual experience, and its origins are in religion. Isn't it interesting that you started as a child in the theater? Yes. And you now have your open temple in a theater. Yes. It came like full circle with, but with exactly what you were meant to be doing yeah. in the theater. Long time in the making, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Life often is full circle like that, isn't it? Beautiful. It's like a puzzle. Oh, I did this or this or this because I was meant to do that. Mm. Yeah. Well yeah. Said. So, um, and uh, you're married. Yes, I am. To uh, Joel. And Dr. Joel lovely. Shapiro. Yes. Yeah, lovely man. And so he, um, you said when you guys met, he was like, oh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't oh, date a, a rabbi. Yeah. He, he, I was I was crossed <laughs> off the list. Yeah. So how did you break through that? We went on a hike, and it was yeah. beautiful. And there was no topic we couldn't talk about with one another. Oh, isn't that great it when you connect endless. with someone like that? Yeah, it's it magical, is. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Tonight yeah. we're going up to Malibu because he's filming a dance that he's in. So he'll oh. be in Leo Creo, and he'll be doing some dance. So, so he's a dancer. He's a dancer. He's oh a doctor. Gosh. He's a performance artist. He's an environmental activist. He's a lot of things. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah when you have that unspoken connection, mm -hmm. it's like uh, we were talking about with uh, Lisa Stedman earlier about relationships. It's that uh, compatibility. Yes. Right? Yeah. And when uh, somebody used to tell me, when you know, you know. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know what that meant for the longest time. I would date people. I didn't. I just knew that they weren't forever, you know. Mm -hmm. But then when I finally met that person, it, it was like, oh, now I understand <laughs> what they mean uh -huh. when you know, you know. Yeah. It's a great feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It you look so happy. I am. Um, and I know you have two lovely kids. It's a lot of work. We were up all last <laughs> night. So, uh, yeah. 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 I have a one-year-old and a four-year-old. Oh, yeah. That'll keep you busy. Yes. Yeah. Well, you're a lovely family. And I'm so happy to have you on. And uh, I know it's so... Um, 
it's so great that you have uh, Open Temple in Venice, and I hope that our listeners will come and visit you and see what it's about and experience and understand this 21st century approach to Judaism yes. that's With op- open to all. And, and we yeah. had LAPD officers performing uh, Torah service and lots of different interesting, I call it uh, disruptive moments. <laughs> and when do you all meet? It's at the we, Our big Friday is Third Friday, Shabbat. Third Friday. And if you're interested in more info, just go to opentemple.org. Right, which we have up on the screen. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I look forward to attending myself. And uh, I know I've been to some of your rituals, and Mm -hmm. I I just loved what you did. It was very special. And uh, I I, I love this uh, particular religion, like I said, because I believe it is all about uh, giving back and loving and. generosity if i had to pick one word that's what i would say about it generosity mm. yeah of spirit and uh, of self the hebrew word i would say yeah. is 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 not quite generosity but it is a generous word it's chesed which is loving kindness chesed but a loving kind oh, you said that well okay. yeah so it's a loving kindness that just keeps generating itself from generation to generation i love that yeah. well that's a beautiful way for us to end the show mm. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This is nice. And we will be back next week. uh, And same time, Wednesdays here at UBN. Thank you for tuning in. Hugs and happiness. Mm